What's up, everybody? This is Silverline Behind the Frame, episode number 31. And today we're getting to hear from Mark Womack of Sub 7 Films. Now, Mark has been in the video production business for over 20 years and founded his business. And more specifically, he's been filming, hunting, and outdoor shows. And there have been some massive changes and growth in the industry over the years. And we get to talk about the history and some of the stories of what goes into filming these hunts around the globe. And we hope you enjoy this inside look at some of the big names in outdoor TV and a behind the scenes of how they got started. All right. Welcome to the podcast. We are here on the Civil Line Behind the Frame. We're in Utah, in Northeast Utah. Yep. But uh, I feel like you have been here a few times. So why don't you introduce yourself and, and why is it that you've uh, frequented this place so many times? So I am Mark Womack. I am uh, the founder, president of Sub7. And we are a production company. We do a lot of different branding stuff, uh, outdoor related stuff. So I've been here for, I was talking to a couple guys yesterday i think it's seven or eight years now in a row yeah so wow <laughs> yeah you've seen this place uh a lot i mean it's not a bad place to keep coming back to i mean this no, is only my nice. second time here came here last year on a earlier season it was a lot warmer it was hot out actually at that time yeah for archery but uh um you guys already came out here a couple times this season already yeah we've had guys out here i think for three different weeks I think mm-hmm. this is probably our fourth week out of 12 that we've been here. So they they run hunts for 12 weeks. Yeah. So this is the first, I think this is the latest I've ever been out. Yeah. So getting, getting the, the later colder yeah. seasons and yeah. stuff. And I mean, this is their last week. They're closing up this weekend. So yep. we're coming right down to the wire. There's been a quite a few bucks taken so far. Yep. Unfortunately, it hasn't been one for your guy. So yeah. no, <laughs> it's pretty cool though. This place is, is, really really remote yeah. probably 30 miles back off of the right paved road um but they have a huge generator power mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like your way out though when you come no. back to the place like this i mean it's no it's a nice it's pretty nice <laughs> but it's crazy so like today's thursday yeah so saturday or sunday they will literally shut this place down for the winter and nobody will be here and then turn they, the water yeah winterize the, the lines and all that. Uh, yeah yep. it's <laughs> So that's a lot of work. <laughs> so the next time they'll be up here is August. Yeah. You know, and, and when they start wow. the hunts again. So it's yeah. pretty cool. No, it, it is. It is a really cool place to be, be here. And, and, uh, and so obviously you've been on a lot of, of different hunts. And so mm-hmm. going into this kind of an industry, like why, why hunting filming? Like why, what, I mean, or did you go into other stuff be prior to getting into this type of industry? No, it was, it was a pretty cool story. I was at, um, I did my undergrad at Auburn. Um, I didn't do any postgrad, but I did. <laughs> I, I went to Auburn. Yeah. Um, into my junior year, I got a radio, radio, television, film degree, um, which is basically theory. You yeah. know, like at a, a right. lot of the big schools, you, you just get the get, basics. You get the stuff. basics. Yeah. Who created the radio and who created the <laughs> the first film? And yeah, and it's kind of like. Uh, being an electrician and going, oh, who created electricity? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we taught you how to be an electrician. Oh, that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so it did help because I had a um, kind of that platform, that mm-hmm. original starting point, and like, oh, this guy has a radio television degree, or he's working on a radio television degree, and you have to have an internship your 
junior right. or senior year. Um, and a close friend of mine said, you know, like, we were talking about, like, what do we want to do? What do I want to do for an internship? I can mm-hmm. go do a news station or a right. um, video production company or radio station or whatever. And he said, well, you love to hunt. And there's hunting shows. That's video and hunting. It'd be kind of cool to just go. Mm-hmm. It's like basically it's going to be working for free for six months. So, <laughs> um, so literally I cold called right. everybody at the time. It was in 2001, no 2000. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, at the time it was TNN. The network was TNN, which is mm. like the Nashville network, which was not even, it's gone now. Yeah. Really. Um, but there were like 15 shows, outdoor shows or less than that, maybe on, TNN, and then mm-hmm. there was some on ESPN. That was the two places that you could get really? outdoor, outdoor programming at the time. Yeah, there was no specific sportsman channel or nope. that kind of stuff. <clears throat> there was, wasn't any of that at all. Yeah. Um, so it was it was pretty cool. It was before cable started um, kind of narrow casting. It was, it was still all very broadcast-based mm-hmm. um, networks. It was, TNN was a cable network, but it was, right. it was still very broad. Yeah. Um, so I cold-called every one of those, you know, people and i probably found numbers for five or six mm-hmm. I, I literally went through a saturday morning or a sunday morning and just wrote right. down all the the tv shows <laughs> that were there and yeah. i tried to find the numbers for every one of those tv shows and call and say like, hey i need an internship um and i didn't realize at the time one of the numbers i called was uh real tree outdoors was one of the tv shows mm-hmm. uh and so i found a number for them uh, called and they put me in touch with a guy in production. Um, and it ended up being, he did an internship the year before, uh, oh, it was John yeah. Tate, which was one of my best friends now. Oh, okay. And he, you know, I said, send me a resume and, uh, we'll see what we have going. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to take any intern internships this, this year or whatever. Right. Um, ended up having a meeting, lunch meeting. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we'd, we'd like to have you be an intern. I'm like, okay, cool. I said, well, I said, I have classes this fall. Um, next summer would be great. And I was like, I can, I'll finish up with my classes in the spring and pretty much be done. Mm-hmm. And then do a summer internship. Um, and David Blanton was my boss. And he said, well, we don't really need interns in the summer. We need interns in the fall. He said, can you not take classes in the fall and then just take those classes in the summer? Uh. I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> sounds, yeah, I yeah, can do sure. that. Talk to my advisor and move stuff around. Um, well then I got that internship in the fall, uh, and he said, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do. And I went over during the summer and ran some camera at some local places and mm-hmm. just basically learned how to run a camera. Right. Um, and I had no clue, you know, I had done some news <laughs> stuff sure. at Auburn, but it's the, you know, it's the big cameras that you just, you don't turn them on. You don't hit record. You just yeah. focus it basically and keep it where <laughs> it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so that was my camera experience, uh, some football game stuff, pulling cables and yeah. just, you know, standard public, uh, production assistant type dirty. stuff. Um, so he said, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, the schedule will come out in a couple of weeks and we'll see, you know, you know, what, what you have going. And I assumed I would be filming people in Georgia and, you know, logging mm. tapes and digitizing and editing stuff at the right. office. And so the schedule came out, it was like September 1st was Wyoming. And I was on the schedule. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I've never been to Wyoming. <laughs> so yeah. not not hunting. And I've never been out of the state hunting. I, you know, traveled a, a, a little bit, but right. not a ton. 
And you were into hunting. I mean, growing up, mm-hmm. you had already been doing that a fair bit. Yeah, but I, I mean, yes, but it was more. But not to this. Not to this level. <laughs> level. I don't know that anything is <laughs> to this level. Um, yeah, right. So we did, you know, we've grown up, my, my dad and my granddad, my uncles, and, you know, my, mm-hmm. they, we all went hunting, but everyone was basically weekend warriors because right. that's when everybody was off. So yeah, we hunted Saturday mornings and Saturday mm-hmm. afternoons and sometimes Sunday mornings and <laughs> if we could get out before yep. church that's yep. basically yeah depending <laughs> exactly. on when the time change is yeah um so that was the extent you know that i had and i'd i'd gotten bigger into it in college turkey hunting and mm-hmm. um deer hunting because that's just what we have around um so long story short wyoming turned into montana turned into kansas turned into back to montana turned into yeah. like so that first year i went you know traveled all over the out west filming <laughs> you know and then later yeah. in the season was in the midwest and right. filming in iowa and mm-hmm. uh, missouri and it was really cool so they you know i was it's it a crash course it was a <laughs> it was a crazy crash course went to yeah. canada the first year um was it was it super intimidating like showing up in those places or were you doing low enough stuff that it wasn't you just enjoyed being or like was it really was it tough it was intimidating yeah um but i think at the time i was so uh, young that I wasn't intimidated. <laughs> I was so, young and dumb. I was so dumb that I wasn't intimidated by it. So yeah, basically, like, this was, is cool. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm great at it. Right. And had no clue. I mean, were you it, running camera? Or I was or, running yeah, camera. Yeah. yeah. I had, and yeah. at the time, it was the like ENG packages. Um, yeah. You know, big shoulder cameras and mm-hmm. um, the big Sockler 20 heads that, you know, so it was, they were heavy cameras and, yeah. and running around elk hunting and whitetail hunting and, um, so it was really cool, but I literally knew how to turn a camera on and keep it in the middle <laughs> of the focal length because yeah. <laughs> that was the safest. Yeah, and turn the the neutral density filters on there, and they explained it to me like the neutral density is like sunglasses. Yeah, you need a little bit of sunglasses. You need a lot more sunglasses. Just keep it around the middle of your Perfect. focal length, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I didn't really know all the ins and any outs of the ins and outs of of film and. Uh, cinematography or anything like but that. They but they put you right into that. I mean, but that's, I got, that's, a, that's pretty cool. I mean, to be able to get that hands-on that early, I mean, that's I got dumped into huge. it quickly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But it was really cool. You know, some of the uh, the first hunter, um, I filmed a, a 3D archery guy in, in Wyoming, and he was, you know, mm-hmm. he could shoot, you know, crazy, crazy well. And, yeah. and then, I, you know, from there, went to Montana, um, was in the air, during uh, yeah. uh, 2000, 2001, uh, September 11th, 2001, I was in the air. It was my first year traveling. No way. Got set, well, I was headed from Atlanta to Montana. Commercial got, flight. Commercial flight, Delta flight, got set down in Kansas City. Sitting on the runway with 75 other planes, wondering, like, what in the world's going on? And somebody got a phone call. Yeah, the World Trade Center's been hit. Wow. So, literally, that was my one of my first traveling experiences by myself you know yeah. we traveled growing up with my parents and right. family and college friends and stuff but you know yeah. this is you're on your own and and uh yeah uh trying to call the office like well what do i do i'm in kansas city <laughs> got a hotel stay there for three or four days tried to rent a car to get to montana or, or back home or whatever and ended up um the airlines opened back up and I got a flight up to Montana. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was like four days. I sat in a hotel <laughs> bored, bored out of my mind. Cause it, 
didn't have laptops or you know was everybody else stuck too though so when you get or were they already there and hunting and stuff by the time you got there uh, I, I don't remember yeah uh, i think every i think a couple of people drove yeah so yeah they were they just yeah. kind of got there when they got there so but that was a that was <laughs> one of my first experiences flying uh wow you know solo mm-hmm. commercial trip so i had all my gear this huge cases and yeah all this stuff sitting in a hotel room watching tv for three or four <laughs> days so um, wow so, so it was cool so that first year was was a uh, very eye-opening to mm-hmm. you know out west hunting especially because right you know i grew up in georgia so yeah. you know the smaller deer you see a mm-hmm. deer it's a good day yeah you know, you shoot. <laughs> um my dad started me with archery when i was yeah. 12 because he felt like that was a safer Oh, bet right, and putting right. a 12 year old up in a tree stand with a rifle he's like he's not going to shoot himself with a bow so <laughs> <laughs> i probably missed let's see the logic i probably okay, missed okay. 20 deer yeah. before i hit one right right finally shoot a doe and think it's like the best thing in the whole world that yeah. i'm like the great white hunter so <laughs> uh, so that nice. was you know to come from georgia to wyoming and shoot yeah. a you know 140 150 inch whitetail mm-hmm. which is a huge deer for anything i've ever seen yeah to go from there to you know and then i was hunting with like some of my tv heroes right you know like filming bill jordan i get on a private jet and fly somewhere and film bill jordan in canada which is like yeah it's just bizarre (laughs) stuff for a for a junior junior and senior in college right but you went pretty quick then from did you just do that one internship or did you just go right into uh, uh position there so i did yeah i did an internship and then i freelanced there um for probably six months to a year mm-hmm. uh and then in that i mean and it was one of those deals i didn't think that's what i was going to do yeah I, mean, I didn't really know what i was going to do but I, sure. I, I i didn't know <clears throat> what i was going to do so i um after that internship i said well i just want to make it make myself as valuable as possible so mm-hmm. that if i need a job when I get out or I want a job when I get out, it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I started editing mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and it was, I enjoyed that a lot, uh, because you could shoot the stuff and then come back and actually edit your own stuff and see, yeah. Oh, I should have done this differently. I wish I would have gotten this shot. Right. And it Helps makes you, you it makes you yeah. a way better shooter. Yeah. So, um, so I started editing and rough cutting shows, um, doing, mm-hmm. uh, real trout door shows, doing monster buck videos, which mm-hmm. was crazy big at the time, you know, not, not even realizing. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So then into that and then went into a salary position there and was there uh, six or seven years full time. So mm-hmm. um, while I was there, a um, uh, producer that was there at the time, Steve Finch, um, he and I basically, <clears throat> uh, Realtree Road Trips hadn't come out yet. It was Michael Waddell's show. Mm-hmm. So it was my second year there. I'd filmed a year of real tree outdoors. So I was still the low man on the totem pole. Yeah. Um, salaried guy. So they were like, well, we're going to start this show on this little network that's called Outdoor Channel. It's just getting started. Mm-hmm. We don't think it's going to be very big, but it's, you know, we feel like we need a yeah. presence there. What what year would that have been? Uh, 02 or 03. Yeah. Something okay. like that. So we did, um, uh, David Blanton was our boss. He, you know, and Steve and Michael had this concept that, you know, like we just, we want we're talking about doing, you know, like really behind the scenes stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And at the time, outdoor hunting television was, you know, you start the show and it's a guy standing there. Hey, folks, welcome to today's show. Here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to Montana. We're hunting mm-hmm. in uh, right. know, wherever the town is we're hunting in. We're going to be hunting whitetails. Hope you guys enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Start a graphics, you know, graphics open the music yeah. and the stuff, and then you get out into Pretty the field. Standard. Well, we're here in Montana. It's yeah. you know, and so you never see any of the, you start there. The next thing you see is them sitting in a tree. You're there, they're doing an open. <laughs> yeah, that's more than one. Um, and the next thing you see is either an encounter or a, they shoot a deer. Yeah, they do the recovery and they do another setup. They shoot a deer. They do another recovery, and that's the show. And then they close it up with a stand up, basically. Yeah. So, um, Stephen Michael had, had this, there wasn't any of the nitty gritty. Yeah, no, (laughs) no. And Michael had this idea that he said, it's crazy. I've been in all these camps that we've had so much fun, um, with all these crazy, you know, whoever it is, famous people or just regular people, stories, stories sitting around campfire, all the grind of it and all that. And he said, I I really feel like it'd be cool to show all that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, MTV had a show out called Real World mm-hmm. and another show called Road Rules. Yeah. And so he was like, what if we took like these two shows? It's like the road and it's like real world, just stuff. And and there were shows about nothing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and so what we did, uh, so our my boss, David Blanton, said, you know, Steve and Mark are salaried guys. We don't have to spend any money on freelance guys. We're already paying them. It's not anything a- extra. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the cameras. You guys figure out where it is. There's not much budget. Go. And that wow. turned into road trips the first <laughs> year. So, yeah. Um, and then Steve was producing the show the first year. And then he ended up going to work for a production company in Atlanta. Um, and they were, and I had edited probably two shows at the time. Yeah. And I'd rough cut m- most right. of the shows yeah. uh, between Steve and I. And we just worked together on them. But he was finishing them all and sending them to the networks. And then uh, that second year, they were like, well, uh, Mark, Steve's gone. You're going to produce road trips now. And it was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen How old it. were you at the time? Uh, 22. Yeah. 21, 22. Probably 22. But, yeah, yeah somewhere in that <laughs> in that range. Still yeah. pretty young. Yeah. Um, so that first year was just all right. It was just kind of make or break. It's kind of like the first year of filming. It's like, well, here's right. a camera. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll teach you the basics. We'll give you the reins. You, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so it was good because I had a year, you know, basically under Steve, which is, you know, creative genius on, you know, like he's a, he's a creative brain. Mm-hmm. You know, he can come up with all these crazy ideas and put it on a, on a timeline, which right. is, which is, I thought was really cool. So I ended up having to just take, that over you know mm-hmm. after that first year was pretty pretty daunting yeah like <laughs> task yeah uh, so it was 13 episodes that first year mm-hmm. um pretty much edited every stitch of it you know and into the network and you know and it was at, just you filming the stuff too or did you have some help they gave me part? some freelance work yeah. freelance guys and then uh <clears throat> right. i think we had an intern at that time that uh I think it was that next year, Philip Culpepper, which is still at Realtree, mm. was an intern that year, and he and I okay. filmed probably all the most of it. But a lot of it was just Michael and I would go do a yeah do a show, come back and put it together. So, so I did that for uh, four or five years. And um, it, did that take some time to get 
people used to seeing something a different side than the way it was, or is it was it accepted pretty well early on? It was accepted pretty well early on, just because um, people already knew Michael through the Real Tree Outdoors mm-hmm. stuff because he was hosting, right? The Real Tree Outdoors stuff, um, and it from the sponsorship standpoint, it it kind of took a leap of faith for them because they were like, well, we don't know that this is going to work, but mm-hmm. we trust you to try it, so. Yeah, we'll do it. Right. You know, so that, you know, we went through. Um, and then the Outdoor Channel, in the in the meantime, was growing mm-hmm. you know, exponentially. So uh, Road Trips, you know, was on Sunday night at 9 o'clock, you know, right. super prime spot. So it was one of the bigger shows on the network. Um, so it was, it blew up, you know, in a year yeah. or, or two. It was already big, you know, by the time Steve left. So. We actually had some more horsepower we could put towards it, mm-hmm. uh, and and the outdoor channel was was growing and right, um, yeah. So it was it was a crazy <laughs> it was a crazy and run. So I was there for um, I produced that show for probably six years. Yeah, of the seven that I was there, and then mm-hmm. five years maybe something like that. I don't know. Um, and then um, ended up Michael was going to leave Realtree to start his own. Uh, basically endorsements like mm-hmm. he, he was going to do his own endorsements and you know be a right. professional quote professional yeah. runner <laughs> um, and uh, about the same time I, you know we had kind of come up with this concept for um, a show called Bone Collector mm-hmm. so then that was um, you know I called Michael and I'm like hey what if what if we did that show what if that was your what if you stepped out directly into that he's like and I'll produce it mm-hmm. and um uh, we had talked about Steve Finch at the time was looking to get out of Atlanta and come back to Columbus, uh, Columbus, Georgia, not Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the three of us got together and started the Bone Collector Show, and then so mm-hmm. kind of put the team back together after, yeah, you know, five or six years of of that. So it was, and that was a crazy run. That show blew up quickly right. because it came right off of road trips, mm-hmm. and it was kind of Michael's next project, and then. But that was outside of Realtree, so you it had was. then stepped out. Was yep. this, were you mainly just working under them, or did you actually start your own thing as being producer for that? Yeah, show? we started our own production company out yeah. of that to to produce Bone Collector and then other shows mm-hmm. uh, outside of that that we didn't know what they were yet. So yeah, <clears throat> um, we ended up. Um, I think that first year we did Bone Collector, and then I had talked to. Um, through the Realtree relationships doing road trips, we had a uh, relationship with Craig Morgan, country music singer. Mm. And he and I had talked about a show. I was like, it'd be really cool to show your life because he, he's a wild man. He rides, you know, motorcycles. He does like uh, trail rides, yeah. you know, trail races and stuff like that, sure. dirt bikes. Um, he's a touring musician. Mm-hmm. The His home, uh, his family life in Nashville just all these things, his, uh, his crazy uncles and his kids and his mm-hmm. wife and all these things. He's like, yeah, I think that'd really be cool. He's like, I don't know if I have time for it. Yeah. Cause he was touring doing 150 shows a year, right. crazy amount of shows a year. Um, and we talked about that while I was still at Realtree. And then when we started, um, the company, he, we kept talking and he's like, I think we need to do that show. Uh, so, we ended up starting that show out of that the same year that we, mm-hmm. that we were doing bone collector. So the first year of bone collector, we did, um, 
we decided to do the show basically in February or March of that year. Um, and so we had to shoot all of the shows. Well, the problem is most of the TV shows at the time were uh, third and fourth quarter shows. Right. Well, we were broke and couldn't wait until third and fourth quarter to <laughs> right, be paid to by sponsors. Getting, yeah. So we are like, look, this needs to be a 52-week show or – we're, you know, <laughs> we could front the money well, for a little bit, yeah. but not long. Right. Um, so we did the the hunts that fall and basically, you know, beg, borrow and stole, you know, for mm-hmm. to get the hunts from just relationships that we had in the industry. Yeah. That first year. Um, and so we filmed in the fall and started airing in January. Mm-hmm. So it was, and it was just Steve and I. So yeah. we were filming everything and editing everything. So it ended up that. There was a lot of sleepless nights. Those, yeah. you know, that first, to that. <laughs> that first and second quarter was right. like, "Oh, this is not, this is not good." Yeah. The Get best story I think more. we ever had editing was, we had a trip. We had to go somewhere and do uh, a show, basically. So we were driving to wherever it was. I have no idea. So in the back of the truck, we had a Honda 2000 generator. In the back of the truck, ran into the cab oh. with an extension cable. <laughs> with a laptop and it was either steve or myself driving and it was usually me driving because i didn't trust steve not to fall asleep <laughs> so steve was sitting in the back seat with oh my three hard drives plugged in to the generator in the back editing a show that had to go to the network like in two days or something crazy so wow that was kind of the <laughs> origins of bone collector so yeah so we you know we did that for uh uh three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up um, splitting off from Bone Collector to start another company, to mm-hmm. have my own uh, company. And when we did, um, when we did, we ended up that first year, <clears throat> I think there were four of us um, that started the company. And we ended up that uh, we went into a trade show, shot show, which is the mm-hmm. shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show, and the archery show. Mm-hmm. Into that season, and said, "Look, we need. All right, here's what we're doing. Um, we need to pick up shows for the, to start shooting this fall, so that we can make it. Right. Um, and we ended up after that first year, we had seven TV shows to to go into the second season. Wow. So it was crazy. Um, and were these ones that they already had other options, but you just basically gave them. A- some, some something of them better, were, or some of them were just getting going. Some of them were, you, some of them were just getting going. Yeah. Um, and at the time, the, the, it was fairly easy to get sponsorship because the the network was still growing. Right. The Outdoor Channel and then Sportsman's Channel was was coming up also as a competitor. Mm-hmm. So it was really good at the time. Um, manufacturers were, you know, TV was where they were spending their money. Mm-hmm. So it was it was fairly easy to get sponsorships at the time. So mm-hmm. there were probably 150 shows that kind of popped up in those yeah. you know, four or five years. Sure. Um, so that was, so seven shows later <laughs> the next year, Yeah. right back into not sleeping again. Oh, you know, we had yeah. four guys that were, you know, we would usually have two guys on the road, two guys in the office editing and producing and not mm-hmm. sleeping and mm-hmm. <laughs> five hour energies and Red Bulls. <laughs> um, so it was, it was good. So that was, yeah. um, um, you started that the name of that company sub seven and that's the that's the company we uh have now and, and we've been going for nine years wow so, 
And what's what what's the is there anything behind the the name? The that? name, yep. Actually, um, a friend of mine, Jake Fagan, was a uh, he is um, a digital agency guy out of Nashville now, and he started at RealTree, um, and we were buddies, and he had his own digital agency at the time, there in Columbus, and he was just getting going. I was like, hey, I need a company name and a logo. What do you think about it? And he was like, let me think, let me think on it. And I'll I'll call you back. So a couple of days later, he's like, "Hey, I got your I got your company name and logo." I'm like, <laughs> "Just like that." Yeah, just like that. I'm like, "Well, what is it?" He's like, "Sub 7 I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> what's it? What is it?" He's like, "Seven's a biblical number of completion," and he said, "Like I see it," and he sent me a like a pic a picture of a piece of paper with uh-huh. a pencil scratch on it, and it was the seven with a with a line under it, and he's like, "And the line is like founded on God," and I'm like. I like it. Sounds good. <laughs> so I got a got a uh, um, one of my college buddies, a graphic design guy, um, and he. I was like, "Hey, this is Jake came up with this. Can you digitize it, and make it, make it look good?" Mm-hmm. So that was that's where Sub Seven came from. So, <laughs> so yeah, we've been around nice. now for I think it's nine years. That was '08 when we started. Mm-hmm. January first, '08. That was uh, that was the first run at yeah. Sub Seven. So. And and so when you're doing um, so many different shows, you're going to a lot of different places to go hunting and everything. Obviously, you have different show hosts that kind of have a different personality and in and lean and stuff. But if you're coming up with all these different things out of kind of the central hub of this, you know, company, how would you? keep them all unique like uh or is it just basically built on the people that you were having in front of the camera so we were um one of the first shows we had out of sub seven was that that first year was um the crush with lee and tiffany Mm -hmm. and that was one of the first um coming out of bone collector still doing the craig morgan show coming into Lee and Tiffany's show, that was one thing Lee said, well, how are you going to make this unique and how are you going to make this right. different than Craig or Bone Collector or Road yeah. Trips or, or all these things? And kind of what we've we've done is just when we take on a show is sit down as a group and say, okay, how are we going to make this different? What is the look and the feel of this going to mm-hmm. be? How are we going to differentiate between, you know, if we have two shows that look similar? Right. You know, that's... <laughs> Yeah, um, that's the that is a challenge, but it's mm-hmm. it's been one of the more fun things for us to do is to kind of create that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and each show we've kind of looked at as a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the brand. You almost kind of have the playbook. Yeah. You know, a lot of the corporations have these playbooks and the right. you know the brand identity and what these look like. Mm-hmm. We sit down and usually have a roundtable and say, "This is what we're going to make this show. This right. is what it's going to look like, feel like. Um, this is what we're not going to do. This is what the show is now." this is the way we feel like it needs to move into mm-hmm. and then, you know, talk back and forth with the host and see if that's works for them. And yeah, sometimes it's just like, trust us, <laughs> let us, let us do it and show yeah. you and then see if you like it. And if not, we'll change it. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of been, um, one thing, but another thing with that is also having, um, kind of one person champion a project. Mm. And then it has, you know, depending on that right. person, and and it's making sure that that one person, you know, the producer of that show basically directs. Mm-hmm. It's more of a director of that show, um, right. director, producer, cameraman, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like so you have the big crews all the time right. doing all those positions. Yep. It's like you're taking so on a lot. A lot of that is that, that person. Yeah. Uh, and it, and the show, you know, kind of rises and falls on that person and, and what mm-hmm. that, their vision is and then how we can like help them yeah. achieve that as well without, you know, letting them flounder and mm-hmm. uh, figure out how we can get to there, that point. So that's been good. Um, yeah. But it's also taking on shows that aren't the same or, yeah. you know, similar dynamics and, um, yeah, unique, unique targets. Unique and things. And so, so that's been good. And we've, we've been fortunate in the, in the years that we've been in business to kind of differentiate those, mm-hmm. you know, pretty well, have different identities and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, and I'm sure seeing it over those years too, there's a lot that changes even in the, the network side of things and, and even the consumers, what, what seems to be the biggest difference differentiator from kind of early on? Cause obviously some of these shows started then and they're still going now that's, you know, going on lots of seasons. Like what's, what's some of the kind of the big things that have changed over those years? Um, <clears throat> I feel like one of the things has been the technology has come a long way um, mm-hmm. in the past 10 years, even. Um, to the fact that, you know, you can edit a TV show on a laptop now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you're not going to shoot 8K footage and do very mm-hmm. well editing a full show on a laptop. Right. Um, but cameras have gotten better. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, technology's gotten better. The editing process has gotten better, faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's more bells and whistles in there. Um, but at the end of the day, I started on an avid machine mm-hmm. you know and it was a it was a non-linear editor but it was very basic yeah you know you couldn't do a lot of graphics in there you couldn't you'd have to send mm-hmm. it out to graphics and bring it back in now you can do it all in in one mm-hmm. machine but at the end of the day the story is still the story mm-hmm. um and something we talked about yesterday mm-hmm. is you yeah. could shoot good content on a handy cam mm-hmm. and people will still watch it yeah you know and and that's that's true if the story is there. Right. And if, you know, that is the entertaining thing of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, and it depends on the host of the show. If the show yeah. is entertaining just by the host or by mm-hmm. the people that are on it or by the the trip that they're on yeah. or anything like M- that. Much to the annoyance sometimes of the video guy. That's yeah, like, for sure. No, it needs to look this way. Right. Like, yeah, You got to have sure. this like, no, it's, you got it there. The people are going to, people are going to watch it. For instance, <laughs> the first, um, the first stuff that came out from Jackass, yeah, on MTV, <laughs> they literally shot it with right. cams, and it yeah. was it was MTV's it was biggest like the show, lowest budget uh, stuff. It was, and they just blew but it up. blew up. Yeah, um, you know, and after the you know year two, three, and four, they yeah. added the production quality, and it was still yeah. good. It was better. Yeah. Um. So you have to have the story, and yeah. you have to have the the either the talent or the location, or you know the dead. The reason why Deadliest Catch was was amazing because they created this character that was mm-hmm. the Bering Sea and it was yeah. these boats and it was the crabs it and it the was drama the, it was the and drama yeah. and the, the personalities with <clears throat> strong personalities on the show. Yeah. They could have shot it on lesser cameras than they mm-hmm. did and still had the same story and still been popular. Um, right. So I feel like a lot has changed back to your question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like a lot has changed. And right. um, even on the shows that we've started, you know, nine years ago going mm-hmm. into season 10 um 
we've changed, like looking back at those shows and seeing like, man, we've, you know, Lee and Tiffany, when they first started their career were, um, it's kind of a slapstick comedy thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's not really them. Let's over time make them more serious hunters Yeah, where people, they still have funny sides and goofy sides and, you know, Tiffany can still be a blonde and have blonde moments and it's funny, mm-hmm. but people can take them seriously because, yeah. oh, there she's a, you know, cute blonde that, oh, she just shot a huge animal. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and like, she really knows how to yeah. bow hunt or, yeah. or, or whatever that is. So it's just over time, mm-hmm. things have progressed. And, and, and a lot of times it's, you know, 10% change at a time, 10% change at a time mm-hmm. every season. Um, and then looking back now, you know, 10 years ago, it's a hundred percent different. Yeah. But it's just 10, 10% increments at a time. So. Right. And then in those years, have some of the shows not continued on in that whole time? And what do you think was some of the things that either made them su- successful or not, or maybe some internal stuff, even just with them I and mean, they have to continue to want to keep doing it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We've gone through, I mean, we've gone through a fair amount of shows. Um, mm-hmm. the, um, some have been family stuff. That's just been a, a you know, tough family stuff and decide not to do the show. Mm-hmm. Others have been career, you know, mm-hmm. career changes. People get busy at their job. They can't right. do it. Um, overall, uh, I would say that the television dynamic has shifted mm-hmm. in the past six years, sure. um, as well. And that's, and that's squeezed a lot of TV shows out mm-hmm. just from the, um, with everything going from broadcast 20 years ago now to going to cable now from yeah. cable. Now there's cord cutting yeah. where everybody under 35 doesn't yeah. have cable anymore. Yeah. Um, everybody has Hulu, Netflix, mm-hmm. YouTube, Vimeo, Roku. Mm-hmm. You, there are hundreds of different streaming sites out there. Yeah. So it's, it's gone down from a, what I call a shotgun approach from broadcast. You just mm-hmm. throw everything out there now um, to, it's a very needle point demographic, mm-hmm. you know, and it's each niche market has their right areas that they find their people. Um, yeah. and that's, and that's actually, it's not washed out yet. I mm-hmm. don't feel like in the outdoor industry to where, um, back when Vimeo and YouTube were having this battle of who's going to be the right. biggest, who's going to be the biggest YouTube took over, mm-hmm. you know, Vimeo still has its place, mm-hmm. but YouTube took the masses, yeah. you know, and it's, we're still in that limbo right now. I feel like on the digital space in the outdoor industry of nobody really knows where, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of players yeah. in the game right now. So, and now there's new, new places for that too. I mean, some people are going to Netflix, even with you know, hunting shows, we got meat eater and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. too. That's, that's yep. taken off. And, um, and does that seem to be, and, and we've seen it on, on our side too. It just seems to be a lot of these, even just, like you said, short, you know, shorter, shorter form stuff, but even longer film stuff. We were talking about that as well. And just, you know, these, um, film aspects or even just short form content to accomplish a specific right, for sure. know, purpose. It's things are going smaller and longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are watching short films. They're watching short films on their phone at work, but we figured out that that balance is a seven to 10 minute mm-hmm. span because if it's somebody sitting at work, they, they, Anything over that is like, ah, I probably shouldn't watch this. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm at work. 
mm-hmm. that's that's one side of it. Um, but then on the other side of it, there are podcasts mm-hmm. you know that are you know there are some podcasts that are three hours long yeah you know, like the joe rogan stuff it's a three yeah. and a half hour podcast sometimes yeah that's a long time to sit and listen to a conversation <laughs> so yeah um but it's it is it is what it is and that's where people are i mean it's mm-hmm. they're they're taking things in short spurts and they're taking mm-hmm. things in, in long in the long form so right you can do the long form stuff driving you can do the long form mm-hmm. stuff um have you know bluetooth earbuds yeah <laughs> you can yeah you exactly. can wash your car and listen <laughs> to a podcast yeah but you can't you can't watch a short film and mm-hmm. do those things mm-hmm. um not safely so <laughs> yeah yeah so there's still a place in that and and have you found by doing this for a good while um and being into hunting and stuff yourself as well has that done anything to dilute your own desire to go and you know continue doing that kind of stuff or even hunting on your own or any of that or is it like you know you have your work and your yeah it's interesting does it keep um, it separate or i definitely would say that the my I, I do live in georgia and uh, you know our our turkey hunting is still good yeah um so i find myself still turkey hunting but i usually turkey hunt alone mm-hmm. if i go turkey hunting i just go by myself um or with a buddy that mm-hmm. i don't work with or yeah. We'll take the guys from the office and go, or right. We're we're typically not filming, (laughs) yeah. And that's and that's one thing that, you know, maybe to, to our detriment sometimes is you know we could be getting content for different stuff, (laughs) but it's like yeah, but it's like man, I just you know what this is the one thing that I kind of want to keep my solitude in, and you know I want to walk in the woods, and I don't sometimes I don't want to talk to anybody, and Mm -hmm. I'm usually a you know super outgoing type a personality like but that's the one time that it's kind of like you know what i can go out here and i can turkey hunt or i can sit in a deer stand and i don't have to think about anything Mm -hmm. if a deer walks in i don't want to shoot it i don't have to you know we have smaller deer in georgia so it's (laughs) like why did you pass that deer like (laughs) i just got back from montana no pressure you seen the the stuff out there (laughs) exactly (laughs) um you know i still get i still get excited about it but it's not a um and part of it too is, uh, I would say in the past four years now, um, six years, uh, being married and then having kids, you know, four years ago almost now, mm-hmm. and that's really changed the dynamic. And I have oh, yeah. three kids under four, so that's, I mean, that's wow. a, <laughs> it's a season of life that yeah. I that I've just basically said, you know what, my kids are only going to be young for a little bit. I'm going to mm-hmm. really pour a lot of time into them at home, and yeah. Um, so less less travel I can, time. And yeah, stuff. I, I don't travel as much yeah. as I as I once did. Yeah, they're in the early years of Realtree and um, not as much as Realtree because we had a, a pretty good team. Um, the early years of the Bone Collector days and the early years mm-hmm. of Sub Seven was probably you know over two hundred days a year travel. Yeah, which is nuts. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't have a family <laughs> and you can't have a yeah. healthy family at that at that it. level. Yeah. No, so you know, but you know, you know, being single start my own company it was like uh, why why not <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and on that side of it too i mean i guess there's one part of it where you can understand the hunting and you know producing a show or filming and editing i mean there's kind of set stuff that you can learn and, and grow and whatnot too mm-hmm. but on the business side of actually running a team and a crew and and even just managing that kind of stuff like was that something that kind of came 
naturally or did you learn some of that while you were you know around the other people or how did you kind of step into that i picked a lot of that up from real tree um because it was a corporation you know it was a bigger yeah. corporation to see how the how a company runs mm -hmm. um healthy and then you know the things you didn't like about it the things you did like about it mm -hmm. um and kind of take that into <clears throat> and creating a culture of a company that you know people want to work at and right. people that you know like are passionate about it that mm -hmm. keep that passion and not get burnt out to the point where they don't like it anymore and leave or um so that's been a it's been a i wouldn't say a challenge but it's just been yeah. an ongoing process that sure has been uh figured out as you go kind of yeah kind of thing so yeah it's been good but i i think early on i figured out you know i, I didn't want to make a you know mark womack productions or a womack productions or mm -hmm. whatever like i wanted to make it you know a brand that could mm -hmm. stand on its own to where if a client calls, if Under Armour calls, they say, Hey, we want you to come and shoot this. Like we want sub seven to come and shoot this. And that way it takes me out of the mix so that we can grow. Mm -hmm. Um, and that we can you know, bring people up from right <clears throat> either entry level or wherever they are, you know, talent wise and skill set wise in, uh, what they're doing and send anybody, any one of our guys on a trip and, and be okay with it at different levels. Mm -hmm. Of course you have different people at different levels at all times. Right. So you, you kind of have to handpick the people that you, that you want on certain trips and right. that match and mesh the projects that you're working on. So mm -hmm. um, I still enjoy it. So I still, yeah, I still do go on the road, you know, a fair amount, but mm -hmm. it's um, with the family stuff and then actually running the business and, all those yeah. things it, it kind of comes back to am i more valuable on the road or more, or am right. i more valuable at at the <laughs> office making, yeah. making sure things run mm -hmm. well for guys on the road so yeah, yeah. you know somebody and, calls and a camera crashes and then you're like well <laughs> there's nobody like this week uh, is the yeah. it's probably our craziest week of the year um it's it's november at first or yeah. like the week yeah. of the first um so the rut is in full swing in Iowa. We have a crew in Alaska doing a blacktail hunt. We have a crew in Illinois doing a whitetail hunt and we're in Utah. So, I mean, all yeah. of our guys, there's nobody in the office this yeah. week. So if, if something went down, it's like, well, you're on your own, <laughs> figure it out. So, but yeah. that's rare. I mean, that usually, yeah. you know, we, we need to have kind of mm -hmm. the hub be able to problem right. solve and yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta distribute and, when you need to and take advantage of all the <clears throat> all the different settings for sure. And, and with the different people going to these remote places, I mean, is, was it kind of easy to find or as far as getting people to be able to do that kind of stuff and keep up with, you know, the, the brand of, you know, what you had created or was it kind of more of a training thing along the way? A little bit of both. Um, and we've, we've brought people in um, that were, ready to go Already doing um, some of the and stuff, then yeah. um and then we've trained uh, a lot of guys from the ground up mm -hmm. you know especially in the field and some people um <clears throat> from a business side of things it's you know what i tell my guys all the time is if you know if you want to run camera then you can run camera but mm -hmm. your value you're this much you know you right. you can only do this much a year yeah if you want to learn how to edit or if you yeah. know how to edit then that brings your value up mm -hmm. to um that's somebody i don't have to hire out to mm -hmm. do a job or right. you know whatever um is so that's kind of what 
the deal is when you, when we bring somebody on or, or training somebody up. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are okay with just doing the field stuff. Um, right. And some people, it's just that that's their skill set and what they're really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't they don't want to edit or they don't have the eye to edit or right. the um, uh, can't can't sit in front of a screen for forty <laughs> hours. Or, yeah, or a hundred hours a week. So. Right, right. Yeah, you gotta have the right people for the yeah, right job for sure. for sure. So, and the other thing with that too is just camp dynamics mm-hmm. is is a huge thing for us. And so, what I figured out is kind of hire the person first, and then you know make sure that you know there's there's different things you you have to make sure an editor can actually edit. Right. But then you know if if I can't take that person into the field and put them in any situation, and then you know, not make everybody mad and mm-hmm. everybody hate them by the end of the week. You know, it's, it's no good. So, yeah, cause exactly. you're living with these people. Um, you're yeah. living with your host, you're, you end up being good friends cause you're with them 16 hours a day mm-hmm. for, you know, 10 weeks or 12 weeks or 15 weeks out of the year. So, right. Um, like in the case of Lee and Tiffany, it's, they do 20 episodes a year. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of man hours in the field. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and there are two of them. Yeah. So, that's two people. And then if they have a guest, that's three people. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of people in their home, you know, yeah. for a lot of the year. So you, you kind of have to be able to fit in, um, take out the trash when it needs taken out. Don't leave your cups laying around. I mean, it's a, you know, you just have to make sure that those people can do that, that part of it. And that's huge. And that's, yeah. a, that's a big part of it. Yeah. As well as do their job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting mix because you're usually placed in some, some difficult settings and scenarios when you're mm-hmm. out in the middle of Alaska or some other place. And, oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're running into a lot of, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like crazy dynamics for sure. Well, cause it's, I mean, it's basically a family situation. I mean, yeah. you're, you see the best and the worst of those people and mm-hmm. then they see the best and the worst of you too. So, yeah. So you kind of have to have that common ground going into it, mm-hmm. you know, as the family situation. Like that. if we butt heads on something, we have to get over it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Because we're staying in a tent together. Exactly. So, yeah. And now, so for those that have, I guess, watched some of the, the shows and whatnot, obviously, uh, I mean, there's so much variety and things that go into different places. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we're on a shoot, it's, it's always something different. I mean, I love that part of it, but if, if you were to look at just like a, a, a typical scenario of, of a, if someone was thinking, okay, I'm watching this show, like how did this start, you know, in, in a sense of say be one hunt, you're putting a show out from that one hunt, like how long in advance usually do you know about this trip that you're playing? Like what's kind of a ish starting point to ish ending, you know, six months between or whatever, you know, what, what kind of give someone a, an idea of what that, might look like in a in a cookie cutter even though every single one's not <laughs> yeah and a lot of those vary um yeah. we have some hosts that are planned out from march they know every date that they're going to do and mm-hmm. it may change a couple days here and there but right. pretty much like all their big trips are already booked it's planned out yeah. they have these tags and then they say hey I'm, i don't know if i'm going to draw this tag or this tag but it's either one of these two and we'll mm-hmm. choose which one if we get both of them we'll figure it out yeah um but then some of the shows are um like with with lee and tiffany they have you know three or four people that are basically with them during the fall mm-hmm. and those people just rotate in and out so it doesn't really matter right. um so a lot of that stuff will be um, this year was 
Lee decided to go to Alberta, and it was a two day, two days before. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, who's going to be there next Let's week? Go. <laughs> you got to go two days earlier. Yeah. Um, they'll shift it on the back end, but mm-hmm. so some of it's two days. Um, this trip in particular was was supposed to be during elk season. Mm-hmm. Um, we're with film with Cameron Haynes for the Under Armour project we're doing, and they were going to do an elk trip, and then his schedule got messed up. So we found out four days before that we right. can't do that trip. You know, we already yeah. had tri- tickets booked and travel and yeah. Um, they knew at the lodge we were coming that week. And then, you know, so it was like, Hey, where are you guys? You know? <laughs> so, um, it goes, it's, it's all over, yeah. it's all over and you have yeah. to be, um, in this industry, especially you, you kind of have to be flexible. I yeah. would say with, with any industry, you, oh, yeah, for sure. you have to be flexible. Um, even some of our bigger corporate, mm-hmm companies that we work with are yeah our last minute hey this opportunity came up we had one a couple of weeks ago that came up it's like can you go to nashville in three days and it was like we have this opportunity we can do a uh, short film we need one more okay yeah let's do it yeah so you pull it together and you do it so yeah. it's either that it's... or they find somebody else that will <laughs> so. yeah yeah so there's <clears throat> for sure obviously it's a lot of different different stuff and, and i th- it makes it fun too. I mean, it keeps you on your toes, and and you never know what kind of stuff you're gonna end up shooting, and and different dynamics, different camera setups, and yep. photo versus video, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's that's been a pretty big change. How have you guys seen um, the shift from you know a, a video project to now? Yeah, everything. Like, what is? How's that been for you guys? It's. I mean, it, it's one of those things that I feel like was able to meld somewhat, I wouldn't say all the ways naturally, because there's some different elements that go involved with that, because mm-hmm. um, I actually started more so in, in my work in Alaska, it was more photo first, then video, even though I'd grown up more in video. So I had to learn the photo side using film, send it off to be developed, you know, wasn't using any big fancy cameras and stuff, but at least that was ingrained from that side so it wasn't necessarily a complete opposite to have to go to photo right and and i would say we're still more more video focused but then a lot of the shoots you know as you've seen too is like okay well might as well we have the people we have the talent we have the you know the guys at least can go both ways you know to some extent yeah (laughs) and you got to cater some of the gear for it so that's you know i think it's um it's been a good, you know, combination when it, when it can work well. And even with, like I said, with some of the new technology, you can, you know, jump back and forth a little bit and it's not always as ideal for one thing or the other, but in that type of scenario and that run and gun, like it works, you, you have, yeah, 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 you have to be able to work off of, you know, the natural lighting and, you know, mm-hmm. the cameras switch. Okay. Now we're, let's do the same thing for video and then, okay, we're going to get some photos for that same, yeah. you know, action. And as long as they're, flexible with it and they understand that too and it's just like okay add a little bit of motion now <laughs> yeah yeah for sure you know? and 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 i'm sure with the tv show stuff too i mean same thing with our stuff like you kind of have to be able to provide both assets a lot of times too well and the social media oh, stuff has yeah. really taken the and name. they need it right like kind of right driven that. too now um, they're starting to do stories like we had some of that stuff this week too with the guys that are posting stuff it's mm-hmm. like hey you got stuff like send what happened like send me yeah. the pictures you know yeah this morning but. we had a we had a time that was um that was kind of an in between time on a on a mule deer stalk that we had done a video piece uh with our cameras 
And literally I, I reached and said, Hey, give me your phone and I'll do a story. You know, yeah. I mean, so it's just that you, you kind of have to change your, yeah your mindset because that's, that's important and that's valid mm-hmm. because if, I mean, a lot of these we're doing short films for Under Armour right now and it'll be a quick turn. So in, you know, a couple of weeks, this film will be out. Yeah. Um, so if the host is driving, you know, like Cameron Haynes is who we're filming, mm-hmm. he has a huge social media following. So if you drive the promotion of this, Hey, Cameron's hunting mule deer, they're filming it. It's going to be a film soon. Yeah. That builds the hype of that. Yeah. And that way it doesn't fall solely on Under Armour to market yeah. it and promote, promote it piece, and yeah. spend money to promote it. Because mm-hmm. now with Facebook and, and Instagram, if, if a corporation is not spending money to promote something, they're not getting any yeah. traction. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a pay to play game yeah. at this point. So, yeah. uh, so Cameron has those built in, right. You know, people that are, are ready for, Mm-hmm. whatever's coming out and it's that kind of falls back to us to yeah prompt and promote and, and yeah. help him promote as well yeah through photos up, or whatever yeah keeping up with those changes and making sure that you know that stuff is being put out in a timely manner and you're you know not just sitting on stuff and yeah and uh i mean it keeps it keeps it driving forward because you know that there's there's going to be more because people can then start seeing it and getting you know consumers prepped for it at least and yep. then you're you're releasing the stuff out there. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been exciting. As I said that, you know, we, we, uh, didn't start quite as early in 2012, but still it's been so much changes and like an exciting, I mean, and I don't know about you. I mean, I I couldn't imagine doing any other different stuff, at least at this point, like, you Mm -hmm. know, obviously life dynamics and stuff can change, but what, what about you? Are you, uh, um, what's kind of the future looking like for, for this stuff for right now for you? It's, I mean, the, the world's changing and, and you just, you kind of have to adapt to whatever is, is coming down the pipe for, yeah. um, content. But at the end of the day, like I, we love, like all of my guys love the outdoor related content, whether mm-hmm. it's, um, hunting stuff or adventure stuff or you yeah. know, whatever it's, it's more of the outdoor lifestyle stuff. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've started working more with brands and just brand content. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause that seems to be where the industry is shifting a lot too, is yeah. these brands telling their own story, mm-hmm. putting it out on their own social platforms, uh, putting it on their own digital platforms, whether it's YouTube or, yeah. um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all mm-hmm. those things. Um, and then all of the other platforms as well. But, right. um, I would say just more of that. I mean, mm-hmm. not shifting from the television stuff because there's still going to be, um, right now I would still say that the core demographic of the people that are spending money in this industry are still watching television. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, you know, the average age of the people that are buying outdoor products, you know, one of the top selling things now are dual ladder stands. And that's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah. an older guy that now has kids that have <clears throat> kids that are old enough to hunt with him. Yep. So that's been, you know, that's still the core of, the people that are spending money in this industry yeah. and everything's driven by the people that are spending money. So, yeah. um, I, f- I feel like there's been a big resurgence of, you know, people pulling back from television going, well, this, this digital thing's really cool and we need to put all our money into digital. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of those companies now, um, they told me that it's like, hey, we pulled back way too hard on television and our sales are struggling. Yeah. So now people are kind of coming back into the television world. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, we kind of screwed up here. We put all our eggs over here on the social thing and yeah, it works, but a lot of these people don't have money. 
mm-hmm. you know, that they don't have the money that the people do that yeah. are buying farms, are buying right these $4,000 ground blinds that are elevated yeah. or are buying food plot seeds and are buying tractors and the diesel mm-hmm. fuel to run the tractors and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. There's a lot of, yeah. the financial support is still in the yeah. older, not older, but, you know, 40 to 65 generation that's still spending the money. Mm-hmm. Those people are still watching television. Yeah. So, so that's been, you know, the, the core of our work is still television. Um, yeah. But we're, you know, that, yeah, got to be the cord cutting. Yeah. The cord cutting generation yeah. is moving into now the buying generation. So mm-hmm. that's that's going to have to be where where we kind of have to shift and balance where that goes, and mm-hmm. then figure out what's next. You yeah. know, and it's not going to be, you know, it, yeah. When social media came out, it was MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> who's you know like that's been gone now yeah. for years. Yeah, but at the time, everybody was like, "Oh, this thing's never going away." Yeah. Instagram and Facebook are that now, mm-hmm. and now there's Snapchat and there's a, these mm-hmm. all these other ones now that are yeah. the the younger kids are doing. So yeah. it's going to be the content's going to be where the people are, and yeah. it's going to be where the people are spending the most money. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be balancing all those things out. So yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's fun. I mean, it's been a fun process, and it's an exciting looking forward into the you know things that are coming down the road, and you know getting to do the the things that I enjoy doing as well as, is helping, you know, other people, brands, companies and all that stuff. It's, yeah, it's fun. And, and I'm glad, uh, we got to connect here this week too. Yeah, and, for sure. And thanks for taking some time to be on the podcast. It's, as it's well. a pretty cool, um, it's a pretty cool deal because a lot of times in camps like these, there's probably 12 hunters. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the camps that we go to, there are other film crews in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, always the dynamics of, you know, right. the, the, the film guys that are in camp because you never know, yeah. you know like some people are kind of standoffish and like right. oh, yeah, this is my thing <laughs> this is my thing and, you know kind of yeah kind of uh yeah like, i don't look what we're using or yeah you know but it's it, you know at the end of the day like you know we've kind of hit it off with just like we're talking gear and we're talking editing process yeah. and we're talking shows and content and how we're doing different things and um it's what i found out pretty early on was there aren't really any secrets in yeah. content. There aren't any secrets in <laughs> yeah, you know, television exactly. stuff. And um, it's, you get better by relationships and mm-hmm. talking to people and, and seeing what other people mm-hmm. are doing and how they're doing it and how you can take some of those things and, right. you know, and, and share those things as well. It's like, yeah. Oh, I didn't see they had a, they had a pretty cool setup there. That was, mm-hmm. that made more sense with this kind of setup, you know, with this Man, kind of hunt that was or whatever, dumb having that yeah. big heavy rig. <laughs> Golly, yeah. So I'm carrying. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's I, awesome. <laughs> how, how big's the rig I'm carrying this week? It's uh, it's a few pounds. Yeah. This is a lot of pounds. There's been a couple I'm, times that I've been like, "Why am I carrying this this week?" So yeah, but then but then you see some of the footage and like, oh, okay, <laughs> there's there are reasons, <laughs> but. You know, it's hard to see past that when I you're killed myself it today, but it's like, oh, that looks slow really down. Good. Oh, wait, he's an ultra marathoner. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't so that's die. Been, so that's been cool. Um, yeah. And we met a lot of great people over the years of in, mm-hmm. in, in camps with, you know, other film crews. And yeah. it's a really, really small industry mm-hmm. when it, when it's really broken down, if there are. I don't know how many TV shows yeah. or content creators there are in the outdoor industry right now, but there right. aren't, there aren't a ton that are doing it at a good level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 
it's nice to be able to, you know, bounce stuff off of, off of each yeah. other and, uh, you know, build relationships because it's, uh, some of the relationships that I've made even mm-hmm. back when I first started are right. now some of your friends and, mm-hmm. you know, that you still work with and. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you never know. It's, it's like pretty awesome. Sharing camps. I mean, this, this one, I, I don't know if I could call it a camp. I mean, it, right. it's, it's definitely this pretty nice <laughs> <laughs> in the hunting realm. It's yeah. definitely pretty nice, but yeah, it doesn't, I mean, all those different places from all the, you know, locations and stuff. I mean, you were showing me the footage from that Cameroon and trip and stuff. And it was just like, man, the, the type of things you get to see by doing, you know, these kind of things, <laughs> capturing stories and people. And it's like, you know, that, that is what it comes down to too, is just like, you're, you know, you're creating that story, whatever that might be mm-hmm. in those unique places. And, you know, it's not, it's not trying to keep one thing hidden from, from someone else. And it's like, no, you should, you know, you're doing this, you might as well enjoy it along right. the yeah, way for and, sure. and, uh, and make some friends. Sure. So yeah, that's been super fun. It's so. been, it's been interesting too, but just traveling the amount of time that I've traveled and, and all the different places and the different people that you meet. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of days ago, uh, a guy from Nashville called and he's like, Hey, I have a, uh, artist that's going to be in Denver. Do you know anybody? Do you know a shooter in Denver? Oh yeah, I know a shooter in Denver. Hang on, let me call him and see if he can do it. You know, yeah. so that's been cool. Um, and the same for us is, mm-hmm. you know, we can save money on travel and stuff if we have pl- people yeah. in different places that we've worked with before and, and been right. in camp with before and know that, you know, that they keep mm-hmm. up with the quality that we keep up with and, you know, yeah. can, can run the, run the race. So yeah. it's been, it's yeah. been really cool and how, seeing how relationships have yeah. still been, you know, what you thought were just friendships on the front mm-hmm. end is still friendships that have been mutually beneficial for yeah. business and, and a lot of other things. So, Oh yeah, that's been cool. No, for sure. It's, it's what it's built on, you know, the stuff that lasts and, you know, you, you share those times. It's not just a <laughs> there and back. Well, I mean, sometimes it ends up being a couple of days and <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah, for but, sure. uh, um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been and really with that, fun. you can't burn b- bridges because <laughs> exactly. it is really small. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I know that I've seen that guy and how what happened at that camp. And yeah. So yes. Yeah. You, you don't get people called watching. for the next job. Yeah. You don't yeah. get called for the next job. People don't talk about like, Oh, those guys were awesome. People it's talk like, about like, man, that guy was a jerk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot easier uh, to be negative than the, it is to be positive those, on, on yeah. stuff. So. Those stories, man. They go around. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Well, yeah, sounds good. I appreciate uh, again. It's been fun yeah, chatting it absolutely. up and hearing more about your story and stuff. And yeah, it's exciting to see where this stuff's going to go. Hope you guys have a great rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You too. To we'll be catching places. up again. And then, so for your stuff is sub seven dot Sub seven. Uh, yeah. Sub seven dot TV okay. is our website. Um, our Instagram stuff is sub seven films, mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram, uh, sub seven films. So cool. Yep. Perfect. No, that's, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate it again. And, uh, we'll be talking again soon. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and let us know what you thought and your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you want to find out more, visit silverlinefilm.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Silverline Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silverline Behind the Frame.